0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. In the fall, each year we all congregate, the foul
1: dog gathered at the church of Hellgate. The scriptures reading from the book of My A favorite verse, my God, a fresh. Journal can of notches, what Jordan Faith. Ain't love to find her in the land. Now the 3,000
0: of our best friends. It's Saturday in that thing. Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldog show. I am your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kim, the artist formerly known as Boss. <laughs> and I can't, I can't promise that I'm not going to call you that, but we just figured, you know what? We're just going to roll with, with our government names, folks, <laughs> as it may be. So yeah, that's that. Just figured we'd throw that out there. A lot going on, homie. First week of camp, well, I guess first week plus of camp closing up. First scrimmage over the weekend, and we're going to talk about all that. But first thing we want to talk to you about is the Saturday in Athens Pick'Em Challenge that we're doing. If you've listened to the show during the last couple of seasons, you know that we always have a guest picker each week. And then we uh, have them pick 10 games against the spread that week. And then as the season progresses, we keep track. Of the guest pickers and the one with the best record at the end of the year gets the 10 pounds of red, which is a wrestling title belt. Um, And it's awesome. I mean, it's a legit title belt. Like the weight on that thing is good. And this year, we're actually going to use a different provider and they have a red alligator skin belt. I mean, it's not real alligator skin, but it's going to look like alligator skin, which I mean, is there a more appropriate title belt? for a Georgia podcast and a gator skin belt. So it's going to look awesome. And so the the guest picker will still get that, but we also wanted to kind of integrate that with our listeners and with Georgia fans. So we're going to do a pick them challenge where anybody can pick 10 games a week. Doesn't have to be the 10 we pick on the show, uh, but 10 games against the spread. And we'll have you make two key picks, which is essentially like your locks of the week. And we'll keep track of the records and we'll also keep track of the key picks. And then there will be a weekly winner for best overall record that week. And then there will be four season winners, first, second, and third place. And then the key picks winner. And each of those winners will get prizes. We have partnered with Be Unlimited, which is a uh, retail apparel store. They have a storefront in Athens. Um, They're based out of Arkansas, but they have a storefront in Athens and they service Uh, different SEC schools. They also do custom apparel, really, really cool brand. And uh, we've, we've enjoyed getting to work with them thus far, and they are going to provide the weekly winner prize. And then we also are partnering with game day products, which is a really cool company as well. That does um, not just Georgia stuff and not just SEC stuff, but across all sports professional and college, what would you call it? Gear, not gear, really. I guess accessories. Yeah, so accessories. Hover helmets, tailgate rugs, putting mats—really cool stuff. And so, the f- overall first prize winner will get a game day products themed package with a retail value uh, of, you know, a-, a good chunk. We'll put it that way. And it's going to be a-, a nice little haul. I mean, and so, we're really, really excited to be working with Be Unlimited and working with Game Day Products and. Ex- and fired up that they're, uh, you know, agreed to provide prizes for everybody and make this thing cool and make the, the juice worth the squeeze for everybody. And also the overall season winner will get their own 10 pounds of red and homie. I don't even think i told you this yet, but I saw on their site, they actually have a wall mount. So you like just <laughs> stick it on the wall and then it just hangs from your wall. Oh, it's going to look epic. So your, your belt will come with the wall mount. Uh, and it's going to look sweet, but so. We have, I think, 20 plus people already signed up and obviously encourage more folks to sign up and we'll be posting about it more and more and more as we get closer. But brother, season's almost here. So it's coming, man. So we got to get some people in there. We want to have a lot of people in there so we can talk dogs and talk trash and, you know, have bragging rights about who's picking best and all those type things, you know, kind of like me and boss do every week. Although I've been having bragging rights for about two years, my friends. So we'll see if that switches this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's rolling his eye. Uh, if y'all could hear the eye roll right now, it is loud. <laughs> hey, I
1: came back at the regular season and caught you in the regular season, and then you kicked my ass in the, uh, in the bowls and took it again. So,
0: Oh, man, I was on fire in the bowls. So I should have bet some real money on that. You know, here's the thing, though. Here's where the rub for me is I live in South Carolina. I can't, I can't bet games. There's no service I can bet through, which stinks. But you can, you lucky duck. Yeah. So, but my, my specialty is not spread. I mean, you give me the
1: over unders, I'm
0: golden with that, but I'm oh, not good yeah. with the spreads. Boss is gold on a total, baby. I mean, it's dude. So, picking on tally site, your totals were aggressive, how good they were.
1: Yeah. And I didn't pick 10 games, I picked probably 30 plus games a week. And I was, I think, I finished ninth in the country. With uh, yeah. all, the, all the people, something like I finished in the top
0: 10. I know it was that. I, it was eight or nine. I can't remember what number it was. That's something we're going to be better about this year, too. We're going to do graphics each week of the guest pickers' picks and our picks so that it's out there. So we can't hide from it. It just will be what it, what it is. And um, I think, too, the weekly winner, we should post a graphic with their picks from the previous week and put their IG handle and Twitter handle and all that kind of stuff. So,
1: yeah. Well, also yeah. tell yourself too, the, you came in, um, what, fifth for the year last
0: year? Or was what, on TallySight? Yeah. Or was well, that going so, into this year? No, so that, that's actually a different organization. That's this company called SharpRank that does a lot of metrics. And I think they're trying to push. It, it's a different thing from TallySight. So for y'all that don't know, TallySight is this service that boss and I pick on like each week. And we pick more than the games that we pick on the show. We just pick games that we like, and it ends up being a pretty big spread. But they keep track of it, and it's with, you know, I mean, national names like people you would know, like the Barstool Sports guys are on there, the Yahoo guys, some ESPN guys are all on there. A guy you would hate Dan Wilkins on there. Dan Wilkins on there, yeah. So they all they all <laughs> pick through Tally site, and then it keeps track of the metrics. Um, and so, actually, dude, I think for the year last year, after the bowl challenge, I was second on that whole site for picks. And I think our organization, like our joints. Yeah. I think we were first or second on that too. So that's like, think like, think about that. That's like all of Yahoo sports against our picks. And our picks were better than the people that work for Yahoo sports and actually get paid to do all this. We're just, we're just just two huckleberries, brother. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Just making picks, baby. (laughs) So anyways, long story long we want everybody to come play we think it's gonna be a lot of fun and just kind of a way to you know build a community and have some fellowship together and, and cheer on the dogs and it just be a fun thing so um we'll put the link in the show notes and like i said it'll be all over social and stuff so just get signed up oh and most important it's free it doesn't cost you a dime like no strings attached type thing not a dime um that's the beauty of having great partners like um be unlimited in game day is that you know all the prizes are are taken care of and you guys just have to make your picks and be good at your picks. So no pressure, right? Um, So we're, we're excited about that and looking forward to that. Um, Let's talk about some injuries. You know how bullish your boy has been on Arian Smith. I mean, I just love him. I think he's so electric. And unfortunately it came out late last week and then uh, head coach Kirby, Paul smart confirmed it on Saturday after the scrimmage that Arian Smith had ankle surgery and is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Now, I have seen numbers that have indicated, oh, maybe it'll be four to six weeks. I've seen other that says he will not play this year. What the truth is, I don't know. I'm not hooked in that way, so I don't know. But regardless, you just hate it for the kid, right? He's worked so hard to get back healthy, and everybody and their mama knows that he's got the opportunity to break out. and You know he has to know that too and was looking forward to it, and so to have this you just gutted for him because you want to have him have his opportunity to shine so that 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 was a bummer i think that was the the biggest news of the week don't you i mean i know there's other injuries and stuff but that was the bullet one for me
1: yeah that's the biggest news of the week because each year we've expected well we don't have an arian smith we don't have a a burner so to speak yeah so each year we've been really excited to see what he's going to look like on the field and every time he steps on the field you're just expecting big things just unfortunately we haven't seen him on the field very much i think i read that he's only played eight games in the two seasons and now this will be his third if he doesn't play this year so yeah. um and i don't remember so did he redshirt the first year because he didn't play a four, he, he didn't play five games so i think he would have redshirted one year i think that's right yeah i think technically he's a redshirt sophomore okay So, well, I mean, this year, I mean, if he, I mean, the medical redshirt wouldn't come in until he tries to play a sixth year. So that's really near here or there, but you feel terrible for the kid. And plus this kid's got world-class speed, and he's world-class track athlete. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: if this injury is serious enough and he doesn't play football, it's possible that this could affect his track season in the spring. And he missed track last year to try to get healthy for football. And then this happens. So really just praying for the kid. Hope he comes back healthy and whatever he decides to do, Either way, if he gets back for track, I hope he has a hell of a track season. If he gets back for football in the fall, if this fall or next fall, whichever it may be, can't wait to see him on the field.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to say this. I don't know about this episode, but closer to the start of the season, I was going to call my shot with you and tell you that I thought if he was healthy throughout the entire year and with the way Coach Munkin's system is set up, I thought he had the opportunity to do some Percy Harvin-type things. That's, that's who he reminds me. I think he's a dynamic enough talent where he could do things in the slot, beat you deep and take the top off the defense, but also get used in the jet sweep game and all those type things. And I think they just could have been really creative with him because he's going to create such a matchup problem for most folks because of the speed. Um, and I believe that I believe if he's healthy, that's the kind of weapon that he could be. But again, you just, you hurt for the kid. And yeah to your point I mean you hope it doesn't affect the trek stuff because they said it's high ankle sprain which see it's very painful and it's not it's not a um it's not a quick healer either that's one of those injuries where they go well you just kind of wish you broke the ankle because it would heal yeah. quicker as opposed to having the high ankle sprain because look I'm not a doctor but it has to do with like ligament damage doesn't it is my understanding so i don't know man you you never want to mess with any of that i thought the other notable news was um, Kendall Milton missed the scrimmage, and they said he had a hamstring. They said it was a grade one, which is, you know, it's the the mildest of all hamstring strains. But anytime you hear hamstring, I get nervous because <laughs> I just feel like that's one of those things where you have to baby it. I mean, that's the only way for a hamstring to get better is not to use it. And his his position, his livelihood is based on explosion, which requires your hamstring. So. I don't know. It makes me a little nervous.
1: The thing that makes me the most nervous about this injury is how many times has he had a hamstring injury since he's been at Georgia? Isn't this the third one? He's had one
0: every year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had the MCL stuff last year, which I feel like <clears throat> if you're thinking about, I don't know. Anytime you're injured, I feel like you overcompensate with different body parts and then it could lead to other injuries. And so, that, that that gives you a little bit of pause. Some of it you wonder, dude, he's just so dense and muscular. And you wonder if there's a mobility piece to that too, right? Like, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope he's healthy because he's primed to have a massive year too. It's one of those things too where I still feel good because they got my boy Kenny Mac who you know I love. Um, and I, I think they got a good stable but dude, he's a big piece. Like if Kendall's not playing, that's a big deal. So, I hope he's healthy. That that's a he's a piece they are counting on to produce. So I hope he's healthy. Tate um, Rattledge, turf toe. Let's hope it's not Deion Sanders, turf toe. Let's hope it's just like regular I, turf toe.
1: Turf toe as an offensive lineman, I feel like is playable through. It it all depends. It, are they going to expect the guards to pull a lot? Or are they going to just be plow straight ahead? If they're expecting yeah. the guards to pull a lot. You can't play through that, but if they're maulers, then you can play, you can play with turf toe. So it really depends on what kind of system they're going to want with the guards. Tate, I feel like his athleticism is one of his biggest assets. Now he's a big dude, but he's very athletic. He's quick. So that's going to take away some of some of it for him, but also turf toe is not one of the things you want to come back from too quickly because it's one of those nagging things too, just like a hamstring that doesn't heal. Like it could be an all season thing.
0: I never got clarification on this. Do we know same foot, opposite foot as the Liz front was? I did not get clarification, no. Yeah, that's the only part that made me nervous too, is like, man, is it the same foot? And like, is that a complication of, you know what I mean? So I, I hope it's not. I hope it's just a minor thing. Because I do think he's a, a game changer up front for things that they can well,
1: do. It was just like I said last week, um, in our last show, that Tate was one of the ones I was most curious about because if his spot is solidified, then I feel like the whole line is solidified. So I feel like Willick's going to be left guard, but with him not playing in the scrimmage, they moved Willick to right guard and were rotating left guard. Yeah. So it just, his position not being settled throws everything
0: into flux if he's hurt. What did you think of Kirby's comments at the postgame meeting of the media about the lack of energy? with the defense, you think that's strategic or you think he's legitimately irritated and pissed about that? A little bit of both.
1: I think with all of the people that are gone from the defense last year, I think he's looking for leaders. And I think that I think he is pissed, but I also think that he's trying to motivate people to step up and be the leaders of the defense. We don't have the returning production on the defense that we had last year, obviously. And all these people were behind most of these people probably really weren't on the too deep last year. A lot mm-hmm. of them weren't. So mm-hmm. you're looking at people to step up, especially in the linebacking core. I mean, really it was just a three headed monster rotation and for middle linebacker. Yeah. So I expect, I think he's just really wanting to light a fire under these guys.
0: What did I say all last season that I was going to make the comparison between having a strong defense in baseball with the catcher shortstop in the center straight, field?
1: Through, straight through the middle.
0: Yeah, right up the middle. And I thought they had that in spades last year, right? Because you had um, you had Jordan, and you had Devontae, and you had N'Kobe, and you had Lewis. And so, dude, they were real tight. Now, feel great about Chris Smith back there. I think that's a great leadership piece to anchor the secondary. You feel great about Jalen Carter in the middle. But it gives me a little pause because I think of all those – Nikoby's the one, right? <laughs> like, yeah. he's the he's the binder, and I think one of the early questions I'll be looking to see get not answered because we won't know, but to get some peeks at is how quick Pop is acclimating to that, or how quick you know whoever it ends up being that's occupying those roles. But I think Pop is the one they're expecting to make that transition, right? So. We'll see. I mean, dude's young. He'll be a true sophomore, what? right? No. It redshirt makes me wonder this year sophomore. if we're going
1: to run a true 3 4 redshirt sophomore.
0: Redshirt sophomore. Oh, yeah. Cause he was injured coming Pretty out. Pretty sure it's of redshirt. Life. Pretty sure it's redshirt. He was, yeah. Cause he was recovering red- from the ACL he was injured. When, at, when he came in at freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. COVID, man. That COVID year is like a blur. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see that. You think, they're, you think they may just stand some more guys up and it'd be more Amoeba-like more often instead of just kind of a, a throw-in or what? Or do you think they're going to well, do four down?
1: I think what they're going to start off with, I think we're going to see a lot of the playing around with it against Samford. Week one, I think we're going to see your more traditional. Three, you're, you're going to have your nose tackle, you're going to have your two D ends, and then you're going to have one of the linebackers rotate going down to basically have four down linemen and then have the three linebackers unless we have to run, you know, nickel and dime most of the time, which Oregon offense, who knows what that's going to look like. Uh, isn't their their coordinator now is like an old Auburn coordinator, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So um, from Nix's freshman year, uh, I can't remember his name, but so if I remember correctly, they run like a pro spread. Um, so it has a lot of pro concepts, but it's also spread concepts as well. If we have to run the nickel and dime, that makes me very nervous week one, not from talent perspective, but just from assignment perspective with the, with the linebackers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you got to have a lot of a, eye discipline. That, that's the piece that makes me a little nervous. And you know what? It, I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but my bachelor party, we were in dumb for the Boise state oh, game. And that was a lot of spread out with a defense that w- wasn't returning a ton. And they looked like they were on skates a good bit of that evening, if you'll remember. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, I I, I, we do remember. <clears throat> here's the thing, okay? It's Bo Nix. So, like, I ain't all that nervous about it. I mean, I think they're going to be fine. And I also just think the speed is going to give them a lot of grace. They're going to be able to make up for a lot of mistakes, I think. Plus, again, you're counting on Bo Nix to beat you. So, I feel okay about that. I mean, that that's kind of what makes me calm about this whole thing. I also just think the offense is going to be come out to shoot. So, I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off the D. You know what I mean? So, But who knows, man? We thought last year, we didn't know that the defense was going to come out and be like they were in the opener against Clemson. I mean... Dude, if you went back and listened to our episodes, were we talking about that they were going to hold Clemson to zero touchdowns? No, God no. no, no. I mean, the expectation was, hey, maybe we give up twenty-one and we'll be we'll be good or something like that, right? And so I, you know, we can guess all we want, but who knows? We won't know till they're all popping in Atlanta. So the other piece of it is, practice lights a whole lot different from game lights. So. Some of these guys are going to be better in Atlanta, and some are going to be worse. So we don't know. That's why I'm always like, if you hear this stuff on the boards or whatever, or what they're doing at practice, and I take some of that with a grain of salt because it ain't real. Like, yeah, it's good they're getting their work in, but, homie, let's see what they do when the bright lights are on. That's what I want to see. So we're really not going to know anything till the opener. I mean, that's when we're going to start to see, oh, they, they stepped up. So you can only simulate, you can only simulate so much. Yeah. I mean the pressure and all that stuff. Some guys are built for it and some guys aren't. And we're going to find out real quick because I don't know that Oregon's going to be a top 10 team this year, but they're going to be plenty talented and it's going to feel big. The atmosphere is, you know, like being in the neutral site, it's going to be packed and it's the opener and it's going to be on ABC. And like, Dude, there's going to be good juice in the, in the bends that day. So there's going to be some guys that they haven't dealt with that before. The, the beauty is we do have a lot of guys in offense that have dealt with it before, which I think is good because that's calming, I think for the defense. So, yeah. What about, do you have any concerns after first week plus of practice or are you still We're right on schedule, baby. We're humming towards the starting line. I think we're right
1: on schedule. Even with Tate's injury, I'm much more concerned about Tate's injury than I am about Kendall's injury because I think with a grade one sprain, I think Kendall will be fine week one. It's more the nagging aspect of it that concerns me throughout the season with a hamstring. Tate's injury, Tate is what's going to solidify the offensive line until we know what the line looks like. You know my concerns about that. I was concerned about it all last year, and the guard play showed it all last year until the uh, halfway through the second quarter when they finally put Jones in at left tackle and moved salier to guard. They'll solidify the line. So until the line is solidified and I can see what it looks like, that'll make me nervous until until I see it.
0: Looking like Kamari Lasser getting a lot of the run at the corner opposite of Keeley. That surprised you or that seemed about right?
1: I was hoping one of, I mean, it's hard as a, as a fresh, as a true freshman to start in the sec, but I was hoping to see um, like Starks get a little bit more playing in time. Um, Cause he's just so talented, but he is, he's, he's, you know, 18, 19 year old kid. So I think that I would not be surprised if this is one of those. Um,
0: corner by committee situations.
1: No, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, who was the star last year that played really? Oh, Brini. where Breeny plays the star at the beginning of the season and then loses his job halfway through. Um, I would not be surprised if this is that type of situation with Lasseter or where Lasseter and Starks like kind of rotate between star and outside because they're both built kind of the same, but Starks is just so much more talented.
0: Surprise you at all that Nylon Green is not
1: more prominently involved in this conversation? I honestly I it was at first but then the more I read about it on Saturday it was that he didn't his body didn't fill out quite how they were expecting from what I read so he's still basically the same size he was when he came came in on the campus so I think that that was a bigger concern which I think he only came on the campus at like 170 maybe Mm -hmm. 175 and I don't think he's gotten much bigger so
0: I think that that was a big concern because they like big cornerbacks yeah, I, I've been a little surprised. I, I thought he would have gotten more run by now, and not not even just this year. I, I thought he would have seen more snaps last year, I- intermittently. Um, so, I yeah, th- th- that was a little interesting to me. But they're gonna play who's who's ready. So, what do they always say? You know, it's not about the age; it's about how you play. So, I, I don't think they care what year you are or any of that. It's all about do you perform.
1: It's gonna be hard to keep Starks off the field. It really is. And I would not be surprised if, you know, we see him playing some safety and taking Dan Jackson off the field. No, I mean nothing against Dan Jackson. It's just, you know, the talent level between the two is just it's night and day. Like there's a reason he's yeah, the ceiling. Like Dan Jackson has a, you know, has Starks' floor is much lower than Jackson's. And his ceiling is much higher than Jackson's. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Jackson, you know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get a, a plug and play player to fill in when when needed. But Starks is that splashy, you know, going to make huge play after huge play. But he may, you know, get burnt
0: here and there. I feel like he got a little bit of Richard's count in him. I
1: feel like that's a Richard he was, was, Man, he doesn't have the size of Richard, but he definitely has some of the.
0: He definitely reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah. 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 I, he was a very underrated college player, I think. And you know who else was underrated? J.R. Reed. J.R. Reed was a very good player at Georgia.
1: Jr. Reed had a really nice play on Saturday night in the preseason game, you know, he's with the Broncos now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good spot for him. I wonder, I think the more Richard progresses with the Browns too, he's just one of those guys. I think the more opportunities he gets to play, the more he's going to shine. I mean, just a really good player. So I'm interested. There's a lot to be. There's a lot that is compelling as it comes to week one. And for once, I think it's the defense that we're kind of going, what's it going to be? You know? Yeah, I I can't remember the last time it was like that. (laughs) I feel pretty secure in how the offense is going to look and function. My only question is how explosive they're going to be. I, I, I pretty much bet they're going to be explosive. It's just how explosive. Is it going to be, you know, run-of-the-mill explosive or is it going to be like LSU-Ohio State explosive? I mean, LSU-Joe Burrow, which I know is historic. But um, I think they – I just think with, with the depth they have – and I think this is the part about Arian. I don't know if I read this in a Dog Nation article or where I saw it, but essentially that he wasn't running with the ones anyways – Whether that was, you know, they didn't want to put too much on him in case he did get injured or just it's a depth thing. They've got guys that are going to get run there with, you know, with AD and with Ladd and with Kiaris and with hopefully healthy Dom. And, you know, there's all the buzz about Dylan Bell having a really good fall practice in preseason. So I don't think depth is going to be the issue. And then that's not even we haven't even talked about tight ends. I mean, Kirby brought up Oscar Delp specifically about having a good day Saturday, and he had a great G-Day. So, you tell him theoretically you got four guys that they can split out and fling the ball around? I mean, they've got a lot of options, man. A lot of options. It's going to be really hard to keep the tight ends off the field.
1: It's going to be really I agree. hard. They're all I agree. severely talented, and they're all, they're all talented, and they're all different. Like no, really, the only two that have similar skill set, in my opinion, are Bowers and Del. They're similar, but th- you put those two together, and you and Darnell and um, and Arike, they all have different skill sets.
0: Don't you think? too, what's tantalizing about that group is the mismatches that they can create. Because let's say you do put four of them on the field, okay, and you're going to send them all out. A corner is going to have to mark one of them. Well. You throw it up, right? Or you're going to get a linebacker on somebody who doesn't have the speed to cover one of them. So I, I just feel like it's going to present a lot of mismatches, man. Even in the evolved college game where linebackers have gotten smaller and safeties have gotten smaller to acclimate to the speed of offenses, I just still think they are going to present a lot of problems. And it's just going to give Monk a lot of toys to play with, a lot of variety that he can throw out. And I think he's creative. So I think it'll be awesome to see what he does with all that.
1: I mean, if anything, Munkin's shown that he's been able to create mismatches with his personnel. So, and then you throw in what he's got this year, the new
0: toys he's got to play with. I think, I think he'll be fine. Dude, could you imagine? They go, they go four tight ends, they spread them out, and then they put Kenny as the single back. And then you got tight ends zigzagging across the field, and then you just pop Kenny on a wheel. I mean, Dude, how are you going to cover all that? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's just going to be so creative, and I can't wait to watch it. It's just going to be so fun as a fan to kind of see it all unfold. So, yeah.
1: But, you know, then we got to think about it from last year's perspective is if games go like last year, how much of it are we going to see until it matters?
0: Yeah, I do think it'll be different. I I am not one of these people that thinks, oh, the defense is going to be like it was last year. It's oh, not no. They're going to give up points, and so there are going to be games that we are playing into the third and fourth quarter this year. I mean, everybody needs to be ready for that. I think last year was, <laughs> last year was a freak show. Like the fact that pretty much every game was over by halftime. That's just not going to happen this year. So everybody needs to be prepared for that. Get your get your anxiety medication ready because there's going to be some anxiety this year that you didn't have last year. <laughs> so it's going to be different. But I think to your point, that's where the offense has to come in. Keep rolling. Which I think at the end of the day is going to be better for them. Because then they just go, oh, we'll just, we'll score. I I got a question for you. Do you think this offense could put up numbers like the 2012 offense? Yes. Better? No question. I don't think they'll be allowed to.
1: Because of the outcomes? Because of the outcomes, because even though there's going to be games we play into the fourth quarter, there's not going to be many like the 2012 team. Yeah. The 2012 team had several games that they played into the fourth quarter, and they even had several blowout games that like cupcake games that weren't over like they should have been over. Like there was games where Murray was playing, you know, well into mid second quarter against like New Mexico State. You know, when he really realistically should have played a quarter, they should have been up 21 nothing, and he should have been done for the day. But he was, you know, I mean, they did score, you know, 50 points in a quarter in the second quarter, but he shouldn't have been playing in the second quarter. They should have been blowing the doors off him in the first. But man, that's a tangent.
0: So okay, I, I mean, don't think me, they're going to be allowed to. Let me give you a couple of prop bets. Over, under, Stetson, 4,000 yards. God,
1: I want to take over, but I, I really, I, I think under. I, if, right I was, if I was, if I was betting I'd take
0: it under. I'm taking with a fully healthy Stetson Bennett. I'm taking the over. So we're on, we're on record for that one. Here's another one. Okay. 80 Mitchell, thousand yards over under.
1: I don't think we have a thousand yard receiver. We rotate too much.
0: I, I'm, I agree with that. I don't think anybody's going to get the volume to get to a thousand. I think that's the problem. There's block
1: a, has got the best shot.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. But to your point, Maybe not because of the options. Yeah, I think he's exactly. gonna fight. I think I think he's is gonna one, fight that. It's him. Yeah. Well, I I ain't gonna I ain't gonna put Arik Gilbert out of that conversation, brother. He is a grown ass man. Dude, oh, I told you I, to, I told you this story, didn't I? That I was watching the broadcast of G Day and like I just hadn't kept track of what number he was. So he, he did not even caught his first pass. I just saw him on the field and I was like holy lord who is number 14 (laughs) and then i'm like scrolling i'm like oh that's a reek oh yeah makes sense now i mean dude freak he is a freak and a matchup problem so if utilized properly he got a shot too but i mean i guess it's just the same argument you're not not going to throw it to brock and you're not not going to throw it to a reek it's just how many footballs do we have you know yeah, we have, to give, we have to give Kenny one too so he can throw to somebody. He's shown he's got the shown he's got the wing. So, think we have a thousand yard rusher this year? Oh man, that was next one I was going to ask you. That's a great question. No, I don't. I think to to your point, they split too much. And I I think don't you think too now they're going to throw too much to have a thousand yard rusher? What do we have? Mm. Swift Swift and Elijah both Necess- thousand same, same th- season. Is that right? Yeah, DeAndre yeah, same season. Yeah, see, I don't think this team's built that you know, way. Twenty nineteen. And what and what kind of returning wide receiver production did we? And have that was Cheney, right? No, that was that was Coley. That was Coley. Oh, yeah. that was that was awful.
1: That was the
0: all new receiving core. That was Pickens' freshman year. Correct. So, like, that, that I think that's the difference too. Is that that offense had to be catered around the ground game, and this year I don't think it'll have to be. They got too many weapons on the outside to have to grind it and run it 45 times a game. So I don't think so. And I think to your See, point, yeah, I'm, you're going to get to the third and fourth quarter and you're going to have guys getting carries to take away yardage opportunities.
1: I think we have a thousand yard rusher this year. I do. Ooh, I don't know. who. Well, who it, I, like I don't it. know who, I don't know who it is, but I think, I think we do. And I think the reason, is is because I think because the games, some of the games will be closer. Last year, we had no game other than Clemson close in the second half. Well, Kentucky was close at the very beginning of the second half, but every game was pretty much over by halftime other than Clemson. Mm -hmm. And we didn't need to have the starters running the ball in the second half. Zeus was closest. I think he had 780-ish yards. If Let's say three games are still tight in the third quarter, third and fourth quarter. Zeus hits a thousand last year. Maybe. I'd say we probably, maybe, but realistically he's got, he's got more opportunities. He's got more touches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Let I, I could, I could say probably at least three games on our schedule are going to be tight going into at least through the third quarter.
0: And probably at least one of
1: those is going to be tight going into the fourth quarter.
0: he, I'm going to give two caveats to this. I get permission to change my answer if somebody gets hurt. So if Kendall and Kendall don't have to split, I'll change my answer. I'll also caveat this with, I do think the two-headed monster this year prevents more of a perpetual home run threat than last year's did. I think James was a home run threat all the time. But I think we'd all be lying if we said that Zeus post the ACLs was the same home run threat. I think you knew he was going to grind it out but he wasn't going to bust one for yeah. 90 yards. I mean, I know he had the run against Florida to open the, the game in 2020 in the cocktail party, but was that, that was the longest run of his career, wasn't it? 75, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I do think that possibility is greater this year. I think Kendall and Kenny are both home, home run hitters or anytime they touch the ball, um, which changes the the math because if you're, if you're getting chunks, you get into a thousand a whole lot quicker, but yeah, I'm gonna say no for now. I'll change my answer if somebody gets hurt. <laughs> but I like that you're hedging it that way. Yeah. If I had to take a, if I had to take, if I was take, betting right now on which one, I would pick Kenny. All right, last one for you. Over under. I'm not. We're not, not going to name associate on this. Right. A Georgia defender will have double digit sacks.
1: No. No.
0: I think I'm going under too. I. I think it takes a a certain talent to do it. I think I think Adam would have had a shot last year if he yeah. had played the full year. Yeah. Um. And I look. I hope. I hope we're both wrong. Hope Robert and Nolan both get ten, and maybe somebody else, but or ten plus. But I, I don't know. I don't see it. Well, I guess Will Anderson probably proves this point. It goes wrong, to the but, same
1: argument. It goes to the same argument,
0: though. Variety. We rotate. Yeah, I that that, that was variety point. like Will I Anderson the,
1: get if if Bama has 60 snaps, Will Anderson
0: gets 50 snaps. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. Does he come off the field? Well, I think it's a philosophy thing, too. He's on the field to rush the passer. And I don't think schematically that's, that's right. always what we're doing. You know, I don't think we got a guy. I think the last guy we had that was probably like that truly like that was Jarvis. Like you knew Jarvis was out there to, to eat some quarterbacks. See, the last guy who had
1: double digits, Aziz never had double, did he? I'd have to go back and look. Uh, no, he had, I think he had like eight or so, unless that Peach Bowl put him over double digits. I'd have to go back and look. I know in the regular season, nobody has had it, but I'm not sure if a bowl game put him over because Aziz had three in the Peach Bowl, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, I th- that'll be an interesting one to watch. Um, because you got some, I think you got guys too that we're not even talking about right now that could have big years. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I I don't know. I don't know if this defense is going to be as explosive as last year's defense was. So for like talking about Havoc, I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to look. Because dude, I think Jalen is probably more talented than anybody we had last year, which seems crazy because he had the number one pick. But he doesn't have two other first round picks with him. And I think that's the difference because I think offensively we can scheme around Jalen because that would just be my plan. He's not going to beat us or if he is going to beat us, it's not going to be because we haven't haven't allocated resources. (laughs) So
1: yeah, they're going to have to game plan around him. And I think at the beginning of the season, the plan is going to be to just wherever he is, go the other way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I do think that's right. Now, the guys that step in are going to have something to say about that. So that's one of the big storylines to track as the season progresses is how these guys develop and how they look. Um, Yeah, man, I'm just so excited that we're actually getting to talk about football. Like, dude, we're under 20 days now. We're 19 days as we're taping from them kicking off. 19? I can taste that, brother. What
1: are we from actual college football games to count from week zero?
0: 12. Yeah, 12. 12. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I think the high school stuff kicks off this weekend. I think there's going to be national games on high school this weekend. Like, you know, the ESPN spotlight games and stuff. Yeah. Love it. Just can't wait for it, man. So excited about it. Uh, also, I was in North Carolina this weekend traveling and woke up Saturday morning and it was like 61 degrees zero humidity i was like oh beautiful baby oh it was glorious it's like fall is here baby and then i came back to charleston <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we always get this
1: tease we always get this tease right around right around this time of year though we get like two weeks right around the time school starts where the temperature drops and then by like the first two weeks of september it's like you know the seventh level of hell again
0: so and do you do you remember how hot it was at the duke's mayo kickoff classic last year Oh my God! Yeah, I do. I I was just, I mean, dripping water all day Saturday. It was it was hot. What do you think was hotter, Uh, Nashville or Charlotte? Ooh, Nashville. Nashville
1: was really hot when we went. Nashville. I think Nashville was hotter.
0: That game day Saturday. Well, full disclosure, Broadway dominated your boy on Friday night, and (laughs) I was I was leaking alcohol saturday <laughs> i was perfectly fine <laughs> oh your boy was struggling <laughs> struggling game let's just say he was a game time decision <laughs> what i tell you what i tell you with the dog days tell you What'd i want to hey dude right, you you gotta walk with me i'm not gonna make it we gotta take a walk <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah we went to the baseball stadium yes i dude, i was going to die and in all honesty if we hadn't gone in that hotel lobby and sat in the air conditioner for like a half hour I might have had carry my asshole. I was <laughs> I was hurting. Woo! yeah. Get, getting too old for this stuff. Hey, but I didn't get cheated on Friday night in Nashville. Let's just put that on the record.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: true. That is I true. I didn't get cheated. Um. All right, that's all I got for you this week, homie. Getting
1: closer and closer.
0: Dogs closer and look good in the NFL preseason so far, too. I have exciting news. Our week one guest is confirmed. Our week one guest picker is going to be the voice of Sanford Stadium, Brooke Whitmore. Yes. Yeah, we're fired up to have Brooke back on, man. We loved talking to him and got a lot of good feedback from folks that listened to the episode. I mean, I just thought his passion was undeniable. And so I am so jacked up to have him come back on and talk dogs and pick games and he'll be great. So we're fired up for Brooke to be back on week one. Yeah, I think we should try and get that episode out early. Like the lines will be out. So we could probably pick with Brooke on like Monday and have it out early that week. Cause it, I mean, I don't just think we'll have good enough lines by Sunday. We could roll with it. So I think we'll do that. Yeah. Week one, the lines are, the lines are pretty stable. Um, yeah,
1: because there's no, no injury news really or anything like that. Yeah.
0: All right, brother. Well, we're on our way. 19 days and counting. Yes, sir. Until next week, man. Go dogs. Sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.